0: All right, we back. Episode 14 of the Rhythm and Rhymes podcast. For now, we're back. Hopefully, it stays. How's it going, Antonio?
1: Oh, it going? <laughs> so, I got to say about it, it's going, you know.
0: power intro- through. It. The intro song was supposed to be Staying Power" by Wale. You know, shout out Riverside for not really working with me. That was supposed to be the intro song, but today I was thinking about women in hip-hop. I was thinking about... Um, I saw the girl's name is sexy red. I think, you know, that is, I saw, I saw a bunch of videos of her and Travis Scott, like last night and this morning. And I just felt like there's a new, it feels like there's a new woman in hip hop popping up like every three weeks or every four weeks
1: i definitely agree with that i mean we got ice spice that just popped up we got lotto who didn't really pop up but really got kind of big in the past few years and then sexy red has been real big like she lola brooke. Her, lola brooke i forgot about her but she always talks about um how her favorite rappers are like she always talks about uh gucci Mane and chief keith and that really makes sense if you go listen to her because she has a song on her last album called um think it's female gucci man actually and she literally sits there with a gucci man flow i forgot which song it was but she does it a lot honestly and you can hear because i think she's from st louis so it kind of makes sense
0: man man i don't know and i guess to that to that point though i was like there's a lot of women popping up i even on like a smaller scale you seen the girls like running on tiktok you seen them
1: I hate them.
0: I don't like <laughs> <it>. <laughs> I don't like it. Yeah, it's hilarious. It's hilarious because I keep seeing them like they keep promoting it. And I love it because they're just promoting the same song over and over again. Whether you like the song or not, I've yet to listen to the actual song. But I was gonna play Stand Power because I'm like, how many of these women are gonna how are gonna stay? You know what I'm saying? That that song by Wale is one of my favorite Wale songs because regardless of what you want to say about Wale, like, he's still here. He's been around just as long as Cole, Drake, Kendrick. He'd been along just as long. He'd been here just as long as them. And it just got me to thinking, like, which of these women are going to be here that long? Like, Nikki, Nikki's the only one that's really been staying like that.
1: I don't even know. Honestly, I feel like Ice Spice definitely has like pop appeal. Like, she has the whole look, and she um really would look good to the masses she would be good for marketing and i feel like face wise i feel like she would be more so on like the 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 cardi b side staying relevant to where it's like the internet and like stuff outside of rap versus like yeah i mean like i feel like you know go ahead ahead.
0: yeah but i don't i like that's that's for the, the casual i'm talking about like music who's gonna stick who do you think is gonna stick Music-wise, who's going to stay that long? Who has the ability to do that?
1: Um, I think, like, people, like, it would be more so on my side, like, Tierra Whack, like, um, Go Nasty. Lotto still would be in there for me because, I mean, I feel like she's kind of riding the whole, like, trap part of the women rap who are, like, going on more harder beats. I feel like she definitely does that, but I feel like she does it well. So I feel like maybe those would be three that I could think of. Lil' Sims, you know, stuff like that.
0: Yeah. I think, yeah,
1: but those
0: are like I think, bars, you know? I think Dochi, I think Dochi, mm-hmm. I don't, we haven't got the, we haven't got the first project from Dochi yet, and so I'm interested to see how they, which direction they go into. They got that, uh, you were singing that song earlier, the, the Kodak song, that song is like really circulating a lot, but I'm wondering how rap heavy they're going to get or how pop they're going to get, you know what I mean? I feel like they'd had the record with SZA, and so I'm wondering if they're just going to like pop her to death pause if that's a pause but i want to see her rap bro she's such a good rapper
1: yeah i feel like she has people around her that are gonna like lean her in that rap, rap direction at some point but i feel like tde they kind of play with that like they hop in and out of like being like rap versus like even like more so jazz like i feel like there's never really clear there isn't always clear flow with what they're doing but it always sounds good if you know what i mean
0: yeah so, leaving that and coming into hip-hop, like this question I had on, on the on the list, the most important people in hip-hop. I was thinking, initially, I'm like, all-time, who's the most important people in hip-hop? But I feel like that's too obvious of an answer. I feel like you got like the Dr. Dre's, the Diddy's, the Jay-Z's, you know what I'm saying? But today, in your opinion, like off the cuff, because you probably haven't had a lot of time to think about this, who do you think... Is, are the most important people in hip-hop today?
1: Do you mean like in this current generation, like right now?
0: Yeah. Like whatever, whatever, however you would answer that question, how like whether it's like label producer, executive side, or actual rapper side, like who do you think today, in your opinion, is the most important in hip-hop?
1: I would for sure say producers then just because I feel like what's carrying American rap music right now is production the things that are making like real waves are the ones that or like are in the masses at least like for the casual you're hearing a lot of like the beats are what's carrying is it. not more so what they're saying it's what they're saying it on so I would say producers are really like the most important in hip hop right now in my opinion, That's give, in me my some
0: opinion. Na- give me some names bro
1: um, a Metro Boomin, uh, okay. forever Rollin, take Keith, uh, even, I would say Ken Carson is kind of a producer. Like he's been producing for a lot of the people making like the real Rocky beats Like he produced on the pink tape. I think he produced like well, two, three songs on there and I would say people like okay. that for sure.
0: Okay. I definitely agree with you. I, production drives a lot of it. I think. Um, if I'm looking, if I'm thinking names, the first people that like popped into my head, Tyler, the creator was a name that popped into my head. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, and I, I, I think the reason I asked you is cause I didn't know how I would answer the question anymore. Cause I don't think is, I guess, I guess the mainstays in my opinion are the most important because the new wave isn't. When I think of the question, I think about like, yo. If you take somebody completely out of it, does it shift the entire landscape?
1: Well, right? if it was that, if it was that, then I would say like, like Uzi. I would say Drake yeah. still. Like, yeah. Um, I feel like maybe I, I don't know more so like Cole and Kendrick. I feel like they're on that back end, like executive part of their career. They're not more so focused on like putting out heavy like how heavy amount of music like Drake is still putting out music every single year you only get a project from Cole and Kendrick every like two three maybe four years depending on how they feel but
0: it's crazy too though like that yeah it's crazy it's crazy too though that they're the top of the heap Kendrick and Cole and Drake and I guess how many artists are coming out and saying like Kendrick is my biggest inspiration or Cole is my biggest inspiration. And maybe, maybe I missed that, but who like, maybe like, you can't even say the artists on, on Dreamville. Cause that don't count. It's like a duh. But I don't, I don't hear rap people saying like, yo, J Cole was my biggest inspiration. Who says well, that? I don't
1: I don't feel like that's the type of rap that's really like popular right now. So how would it be like those people who are listening, who are like, Putting stuff out now probably wouldn't say that because that's not the type of music they're making. That's not what they were listening to. They probably they would probably say like, "Oh, Future, Uzi, um, Travis Scott." Like they would say people like that. Like they wouldn't be like with the with what's being made right now. It would make a lot of sense for people to not be saying Kendrick and Cole are the are, are my inspiration. That's where I got my my engine to just go at rap. I, that makes a lot of sense to me like they so,
0: wouldn't so are we saying that they're not influential no I is think that what they, we're I saying were. is that what we're saying because i feel like influence you can sort of point to it in a way you know what i'm saying to me kendrick's like the boogeyman everybody just gets out of his way and when he drops it's amazing but like to that effect it's like kanye was influential you know what I'm saying? Like we get Kid Cudi from Kanye. We get so many things. Like we get Drake from Kanye. We get Travis Scott from Kanye. Like we get all of these people who are like direct derivatives of it. And it's like, it's almost like the the Jay-Z thing. It's like who, I mean, well, I guess not. I guess Jay-Z had like direct influences. But yes, our, it doesn't seem to me that in this era of hip hop, they are that influential. Which is crazy to say because they're my some of my favorite rappers. You know what I, I mean? I mean, can
1: you can you be like one of the best artists and not be influential? You're just good at what you do, because I mean, I I could see that. Like, I I think there's definitely rappers who are really good who really didn't influence everybody, like or who. The, I mean. Maybe they're more so influential on like, in like the content of what they say, not like in shifting what music is doing, but like what they're bringing to the table and what they have to say about the landscape of the world at that current moment. I feel like they've always had like projects that moved moved people, but maybe it's more so didn't move where music was going, if that makes sense. I think that could still be considered influential if you break it down in that way.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I do think. I guess. I guess they're influencing different things. That makes yeah. a lot of sense because I would say, as a man, to pimp a butterfly influenced me as a man. Yeah. I don't make. I don't rap, but it influenced me as a man. You know what I'm saying? It's a different. I feel like, I feel type like of 2014 influence. Forest Hills Drive
1: influenced me as a man. Like.
0: Yeah. Like you yeah. Know. So, so I guess it is different. I guess that is that is crazy to say though. And I guess I guess to that point. I mean, I guess to that point, you think more about like how stuff sounds as opposed to what they're saying. Those are two different things. Um, right now, I'm writing a lot about, I told you about that term griot, and I'm trying to find different griots around the world that were like iconic, like Fela Felakuti, Bur- uh, Bob Marley, Burno Boy, Kendrick, like people like that I'm talking about. And they're i guess more influential for what they say but like the actual sound of the music i guess you would point to people like kanye or like producers and things like that or i would say drake to that to that effect too because of the way he used his voice right like mm-hmm. rapping rapping has become an equivalent to like singing as i say like rapping is not a genre anymore it's like it's like it's like a tool you rap you sing and so his ability to do both has influenced the entire mainstream market like r b is like like blast is he a rapper is he a singer we don't know you know what i mean and i think that's directly from drake
1: yeah yeah i i feel like people you more so hear people say drake influenced me i listen to drake a lot people don't yeah. say that about like the rappers at least don't say that about kendrick and cole because they're not listening for that like that's
0: crazy sound
1: Yeah,
0: that's crazy to think like just having this conversation is crazy because the whole reason like I can pinpoint the moment in time when I fell in love with hip hop and it was Kendrick, you know what I'm saying? It was rigor mortis. And to just like fast forward to today and think about that time gap and how much has happened and to just say like he had no direct impact on the direction of music. That's crazy. That's crazy to actually think about. I don't know i don't know but um new music i wanted to i wanted to start with something else i wanted to see how that would go so new music this week um how do you pronounce this guy's name is it Ra- raul
1: it's raul alejandro i believe hey, yeah, hey, Yo, yeah,
0: i started i started listening to that project this morning it's fire bro you were right you were yeah, right nah,
1: it got some crack in it for sure like there's one guy, um, Junior H, that's on it that a lot of people have been talking about. He some of his music's blown up on TikTok, but that song was really good. And then I was really getting in the um about three, four songs in. There's some songs I was really enjoying, but I'm still bumping it. He put out um I, maybe it's that like the A side, B side, because the album he put out before this was also called uh, Sa- Saturno, I believe. Yeah, Saturno. And this one's called Playa Saturno. So I would definitely go check this out. It has crack in it. Oh, man. There's just a lot of good reggaeton coming out right now. Like yeah. I said before, Bad Bunny is, like, the one that's getting, like, pushed out. Everybody's hearing about Bad Bunny. But definitely, if you go look, there's a lot coming out. Like, there's a lot of good stuff coming out. And he's one of those guys making really good reggaeton.
0: So. You know, I think I think because we're American and we speak English... We we just get the peripheral of a lot of the the Spanish stuff or the stuff in other markets. But when I talk to like uh, some of my friends who are Mexican or Puerto Rican, they they've been known about these people. You know what yeah. I mean? Like I've been hearing this guy's name for a couple of years now, and so I think of like how we have our American market and we have the artists we focus on here, which this is probably obvious. But Central America. Parts of the West Indies, the Spanish parts, South America, like these people are mainstays. You know what I'm saying? And I think it's dope that for us, for a while, it was just Bad Bunny or Ozuna. And now we're getting these other names because they're making great music. Because after I was listening to this, I was thinking the same thing. There's a lot of good reggaeton coming out. like The Mike Towers Project, I completely forgot about that. That came out a couple months ago. That was really good. Ozuna right. just came out like a month ago. Tiny came out. Um, Tiny, I forget I there was another still
1: listening one. To Tiny Crazy. Tiny right, Crazy.
0: right. But um, there was one producer there was a couple of producers I wanted to shout out. The song uh Kuki, the fourth song, Kookie, on this this new project. Uh Dimelo Nino, El Zoro, Kenobi. Dos Como Candy. I'm trying to get people, I'm trying to get more into the credits, but they produced on a couple songs on this project. So shout out to them. That's, yo, this listening to this song had me thinking about the production on a lot of Spanish reggaeton tracks. I love a good beat switch, bro. I love a good beat switch in the middle of a song, at the end of a song. um, At the end of this episode, if I can play these two such songs, I'm going to play them. But there's, this one set song is pretty good. But the last 30 seconds, bro, when the beat pick up, yo, it just it teleports me to Wynwood in Miami, El Centro, <laughs> at midnight, catching a wine. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm like, oh, this is amazing. This is amazing. I can just imagine. I'm in a car. Going, I'm like, bro, I need to get back to Miami because I already know what this is going to do. But I love a good beat switch, bro.
1: Yeah, yeah, I feel like um, Mike Towers is definitely real good at that. I hear it. A, I heard it a lot on that last yeah
0: podcast. party next door. I didn't. He he dropped a single, right? I didn't listen to it. Yeah, uh, it was pretty. Was good. it good? Right.
1: It was. It was a decent single. Um, I definitely gotta go listen to it more. But I'm more so on an album from him. I feel like his albums always sound better than his singles. Like the last couple of singles he put out, I haven't really been bumping crazy. But the albums always, I feel like I get into them a lot. And speaking of Drake babies, that's, that's one right there.
0: <laughs> so Yeah. There's a couple there's a couple people that are more album artists than single artists. And I think that's I think that's a big part of being a mainstay. I think why Wa- I think that's staying power. I think that might be the title of the episode. But Wale is good for that. Like, he's good for a good album. He'll drop a single. Like he's had a lot of smash singles, but he's good for an album. Party Next Door is the same. I was listening to uh, "More Love, Less Ego" yesterday by Whiskey. Again, that album is good. Like, there's some singles on there that kind of stand out, but it's 40 minutes, and I'll just listen to the whole thing. You know what I mean? I think that last part of Next Door Project was like that, where it's just you know the whole thing is just a vibe.
1: Yeah, yeah, I definitely that last part of Next Door Project is still one of my favorite albums I've ever heard. I don't know why. I just that's one of my favorite r&b albums to come out Hey, and uh, something else fabo is definitely one of my new favorite r&b guys he's crazy bro he is crazy he
0: he wrote like and you can that's an i want to talk about that next week uh like your favorite songwriters because his pen is crazy and he's good and i think that i think that is uh I don't know. That's that's something that takes a long time to get good at because you can just hear it in some of his songs. Like when he switch, when he switch pockets or he goes slow to fast, like it's just different. But yeah, he's dope. it's
1: even like the way he says stuff. Sometimes it's like I can tell he's a writer, bro. Like,
0: yeah. What did he say when this? Uh, did Party Next Door say when this album was coming out?
1: No, but I'm just hoping we get it before the end of the summer. But I mean, summer's almost over, shit.
0: Yeah. It, summer is almost over, bro. And I think we're, I've been seeing a bunch of dates floating around. This is another, we're moving on from party, but I've been seeing a, a lot of people saying Travis is going to drop in November. I've seen Travis is going to drop soon. I keep seeing this thing with, did you see that he's supposed to perform at the pyramids? I
1: didn't see that.
0: He's supposed to do like, the album intro party thing at the pyramids and a bunch of accounts were tweeting out like yo he's the first solo act to perform at the pyramids and you know who came out and said something bro
1: was it russ or soldier yeah it was russ,
0: <laughs> russ came out and was immediately tweeting about that bro he was like yo check your stats. this is cap like he was tweeting about it it was so funny
1: i mean he gotta you gotta keep up the image you know that he gonna come right at you with him First one to do it. He was the first one to do it. He he packed it out too. I remember seeing that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But I'm I'm ready for this new Travis project, bro. I I think I'm excited for the Rama song, the Rama Travis song, because that's gonna be crazy. I already know that one's gonna go up. All right. What else we got on what else we got on the list? Um this might be a short episode this week, and I mean for good reason, just partially because of the technical difficulties, but I had two real business topics I wanted to talk about. There goes my mic. There goes my mic. But uh, Nelly sells his cat part of his catalog for $50 million. Um, Harborview Equity Partners, the asset management company founded by Sharice Clark Soares, announced today that it has agreed to partner with and purchase select recording music assets from Grammy-winning rapper Nelly, a rep from the company, confirms with Variety. Um, the deal was closed for $50 million and covered half of Nelly's recorded music assets. The deal includes Ride With Me, Dilemma, featuring Kelly Rowland, Hot In Here.
1: Oh, he sold Hot In Here?
0: <laughs> yeah, bro. Yeah, bro. This is crazy. I guess, and this seeing these names is always really interesting because right after I clicked on this, another one popped up and said, Wiz, uh, Wiz Khalifa sold part of his catalog. And I wonder which, I'm going to look this up while I'm going to ask you a question that I'm going to look up which songs he sold, but I always wonder, bro, like, is it, and I guess this is like pocket watching, right? Like, are they just strapped for cash? Are they just strapped for cash to the point where it's like, bro, I need a quick hit. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like the, like lifestyle inflation, you know, rappers just are so used to spending money that at a certain point it's like it's already on the decline because they're older songs so you sell it hope they can market it and get the boost and you get the fifty but you don't own it no more like i always think about like what like what gets an artist to do that cuz those are hits those those songs still play so it's not like he's not getting paid off of them
1: maybe it's like i feel like sometimes it's like you built up this thing and you made it worth something so now you're like I don't need all this royalty or maybe you want to use the money currently for something else so you sell off part of it while still keeping a part like I feel like it's keeping your foot like one foot in one foot out almost like you do still own some but you don't own all of it like maybe it's just that like I feel like you spent all this time and this energy and even this money making this song making this album now it's worth a lot so it's like why not reap the benefits of what i'm of my work maybe it's yeah that. i don't know
0: yeah i think we're just a little i guess i'm just in the dark or ignorant to like the exact amount that they're getting paid right like i would be interested to know how much hot in here brings in on a on a yearly on a yearly basis right like I heard Joe Budden talk about how much he says he still gets six figures on pump it up and he doesn't own pump it up. He's getting like, that's like 18% of pump it up. Right. So if you can imagine, you know what I'm saying? So like, you can imagine what a hot in would do if you own it, you know what I'm saying? Or even part of it, whatever, whatever the, like we don't know how much of it he owns. Cause that was a big thing. People were talking about Justin Bieber a couple months ago when he sold his for 200, But when you started to look through it, bro, he didn't own shit. Like he didn't write a lot of the songs, and then he also was in like a really bad deal. But so you can imagine, like two hundred million of six percent of your like owning six percent of total. You know what I mean? Like that's pretty good. So it's I guess we're just ignorant to like how much did he own, how much was it bringing in. So we don't know if it's a good deal or not. If fifty million dollars is a lot of money, but like we don't know. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But uh, it's true. WizKid, Kid, not WizKid, Wiz Khalifa. I've been listening to so much Wiz uh, Kid recently that every time I want to say Wiz, I say Wiz <laughs> Kid. Uh, Wiz Khalifa sold Black and Yellow. He, he sold black. he sold uh let's say Wiz Kid um. is joining a growing number of artists who are selling their catalogs for big money. According to a press release, several of Khalifa's singles like Black and Yellow, See You Again, The Thrill. Have been acquired in a new deal by the same group, Harbor View Equity Partners. Um, let's see, yeah, bro, they didn't they didn't give a dollar amount on this. Mosley um, has been pumping out.
1: Okay, I could this see him crazy. selling Black and Yellow, maybe, but mm-hmm. See You Again was making him billions of dollars. Like it could have probably made him yeah. a billionaire just that song, bro. Like that's one yeah, of those yeah, songs yeah. That, that, bro. I'm pretty sure that is the most streamed rap song on YouTube. Like, no, be, no bullshit. Like, like for real. I, I think I saw a stat about that the other day.
0: It doesn't say how much of it he sold, though. Did he sell all of it? Uh, Oh, wait. So it said, okay. Wiz Khalifa has been pumping, pause, has been pumping out <laughs> music since 2005. Prince of the City. Welcome mixtape. He has released seven studio albums, one compilation album, one soundtrack album, three extended 3 EPs and two collaborative albums. He's also released 84 singles including 44 as a featured artist, 16 promotional singles, 21 mixtapes and 82 music videos. Needless to say there's a lot. He got a bag, bro. He probably uh did he get a bag though? How much of his music is and that's also another interesting thing. How much of the other stuff is streaming like that? Like how many Wiz Khalifa songs do you listen to?
1: Probably about Probably about 10. I probably got 10 whiskey songs. Right.
0: Before. Right. And so I wonder, like, like, I guess it might be, I don't know. These deals are interesting to me because, like, as a as an artist, it's like, what do you sell? Do you sell all of it? Do you sell single? Like, I would, like, what's the point of selling a song that's not even streaming like that, I guess? Like, what does that I, do? I
1: think, I think I could actually. So Sauce Walker used to talk about how, he considered his album, some people, I've heard some other people say this too, but he considered them like, almost like real estate. So once you make it worth something, you can sell it off because you don't need it anymore technically, but like, I guess it could accrue more, but you're kind of on the, it's kind of like 50-50, like it could, it couldn't, you could have some random TikTok kid decide, oh, I'm gonna make a a video to pump it up today and then that month you get a bunch of money or the next month nothing happens. Yeah, I don't know,
0: but, that is crazy that is crazy too because you don't know which songs are going to pop off 20 years later. Like that dude, you don't know tw- in 20 years or 30 years later some homeless man or some dude that lives in uh in a RV is going to ride a skateboard down the street drinking <laughs> cranberry juice and your song is going to blow up. You don't know that. So that's crazy. crazy. Like. That's crazy. So these these um companies that are buying these songs could very well like have this plan of like trying to like imagine you own every Wiz khalifa song you can go out and pay influencers to try you can pay them to Wiz khalifa doesn't have dance like dance music but like you can pay them all to go on tiktok and dance to them or make songs to them or you and like paying a hundred people could get one song to pop off and that could cover all the money you pay you know what i'm saying like you could essentially reverse engineer a hit that way yeah yeah key. Maybe that's they might be robbing them they might be we don't know this will be interesting to see like because right now they're still like this is sort of like on the back end of people selling their catalogs and mm-hmm. stuff like that like future just did a little while ago metro did john legend did like so many people did recently so i'm interested to see what the companies end up doing with it
1: See You Again, though, was the first rap video to reach a billion streams on YouTube. So, Oh, my God. Yeah.
0: And he just sold it.
1: Sold it. (laughs) Got rid of it.
0: Well, we'll see where this goes. Uh, Um, I think it's interesting, so I'll keep an eye on it. But the last topic I really wanted to get into this week, which I thought was interesting. I didn't read the article yet, but I thought the title was interesting. Instrumental invites independent labels to join its AI-powered label builder program, with a guaranteed 20% streaming revenue growth. My initial thought to this title is that they're faking streams, but I don't think they would put this out if they didn't have like some real way of um, like trying to improve things. So let's read this. Um, let's see. What do you say? Uh, why did you write it like this? Oh, my God. Okay. uh, Tencent-backed Instrumental has a weightier pedigree in the world of artificial intelligence than most firms you'll come across in the entertainment biz. Plus, Instrumental's new offer is anchored in something rather unusual for indie labels, a guarantee that it can grow their business streams by at least 20% within 90 days. If for any reason the milestone isn't hit, said indie labels get to walk away, no questions asked. Uh what more what's more, these labels will be paid in full by instrumental for the minimum 20% streaming revenue growth that they were promised. How are they doing this, bro?
1: I don't know. It's kind of I was reading it before you started. It kind of just sounds like a case of betting on yourself. It almost sounds like Ocean Gate. <laughs> sounds like it could really fail before it even starts. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I,
0: bro. I don't know how you could
1: guarantee 20% growth in streams like i do maybe maybe like streaming farms or like maybe they have some unique way of marketing that they're going to use like maybe they're paying influencers like that i don't know
0: this this quote this quote says uh label building in the modern music business is about a blend of new technology and new techniques we've built tech that that can help any label entrepreneur make smarter Future facing decisions based on data that delivers real time insight on the recent past. Bro, this, this, the world of AI and music, bro, it's so interesting to me because they're using data to inform decisions on what to make. But I guess there's, that's like a double sided coin to me, right? Because if you look at the way Russ blew up, right? Russ put out a song a week, every week, until he started popping off but one thing he always would say was that the music was good right the music was really good and so that was the first criteria to make it work and so after that he could just put the music out and then he could tell by the streams what people were enjoying and so that in itself is data right you're looking at which songs are doing better that way but it it didn't 100% inform the type of music he was making right he still made the stuff he wanted to make and Um, Rick Rubin in his book, Colton was telling me about this, how he talks about like the first person you should make anything for when you're making stuff is yourself to consider the consumer last. You can't consider the consumer first because then you're not making it from a pure place. So it's like a double edged sword where it's like you have to almost listen to what they're saying, but you can't listen to what they're saying while you're making it. And so I think when you get too heavy into the AI side of it, you're almost putting them first. And so, like, if they're telling you, like, no, these five types of songs are the types of songs you should make and they're probably going to do the best and you just start making stuff like that, then I feel like in the long term, the art is going to suffer.
1: I mean, I feel like I've said that, though. I feel like... Yeah, you have. Any AI topic we've talked about, I've said the art is going to suffer because it's just going to be really surface and it's going to be based off of, like data and numbers but art isn't data and numbers that's the thing and that's why i feel like ai is one of the only things that it's going to be really hard to like use in art and in music and in anything that takes creativity because it's creative for a reason it's not based off of like a number or some data it's just not like
0: yeah um i think even in, even in this, like what we're doing here, I I struggle sometimes with trying to understand like, what should I use AI for? How much should I use automation in what we're doing? Because even like, like let's take the clips, for example, like the clips we post on social. I think like, like when I do that sometimes, I don't want to say it feels like cheating, but it doesn't, like sometimes they don't come out the way that I want, but according to this AI software, this is the type of thing that's going to go viral, allegedly. Or yeah, this is the type of content it, that's right. going to do well on these. Right, right, right. And like when I'm making some of these clips, like I'm like, this, sometimes I feel like they're not even complete thoughts that they're giving us in those clips that they make. It's just like, 55 seconds of bleh and then screen, 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 cat, like, you know what I'm saying? Like crazy stuff. And then it's like, bro, this isn't, like, this isn't even a full thought. And so I've thought about that when editing a lot where I'm like, yo, is this actually serving any purpose? Like me putting this out, like it might get likes, it might get views, but is it going to make somebody want to watch more?
1: Probably not. Like I mean, it really it really depends. Like I feel like some of the clips I've made with that have gotten good views or like people have watched it. It's gotten a lot of likes, but some of them just don't go anywhere. Like because I like you said, I feel like they'll have like not complete thoughts. They'll kind of just mix different parts of the topic, different parts of that point that we were talking about together, like. I, I I was making one about, like, it was either Rema or somebody, and it messed up my clip complete, completely. Like, it completely twisted what I said to the opposite, like, the, uh, the opposite side of the argument. Like, and that's not even what I had said. But, yeah.
0: Yeah. I th- Wait, go ahead.
1: No, I was just going to say it's really hard to know when to use AI and when not to and when it's useful versus when it's, like, Just like you said, cheating almost like.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I've and I guess like sort of parlaying into something else like now I'm kind of riffing, but uh, pod like growing a podcast. Right. Like I think about I try to look at my favorite podcast and how they kind of grew over time. Right. I think in most recent memory, the podcast that has like grown the largest to me was shits and gigs those two british dudes and i started watching them they probably had like i want to say 150 to 200,000 on on uh on youtube and now they're about to hit a million and they just hit 100,000 on the second page that they started last week so like they're going crazy but if you look at their socials on instagram they're, they're past a million. On TikTok, I think they're at like 7 million or 8 million or something like that. And the thing I noticed about them, which is something I'm trying to figure out how to apply here, was that um, James really noticed that the segments started popping off. Like certain the clips, he'll be like, um, what's one thing you you uh, don't want your your partner to ever find out? Right. And then he just reads the responses, like the question answer type of deal. Like this, he creates the show and segments it in a way that is clippable. Right. So, like, let's let's say there's four segments in the show, they'll do them individually. And it makes it almost easier to, like, okay, this is going to be a clip. This is going to be a clip. This is going to be a clip. But that's easier to do with that type of content. Right. Like, we're talking about music and business and stuff like that. And it's more longer winded and long rifted and so i guess you have to look at other examples of things like that like the joe rogan podcast really blew up on youtube because of the clips like the seven or eight or nine minute clips right and on our youtube page some of the videos that have gotten the subscribers were the the clips like that like the stone boy i did a initial reaction on stone boy like what i thought about the album and that's our most viewed video on youtube that's not a short it has a, over a hundred views. And like obviously these are small sample sizes, but it's the largest one. And it's gotten us, I think, 10. I think it got like 10 subscribers from that video, from that one video. And the fire, the fire gun video or the fire gun song we talked about last week, that one has 30 views and a couple likes. And it got us, I think, one or two subscribers off of it. So it's interesting to test with these things because you we start to see like what's gonna end up like like really pushing our growth. And I think we'll have obviously clips that we can post on uh, TikTok. I think TikTok and Instagram, the things that I've been doing the best are like really strong opinions. Whenever you have a really strong opinion, that shit takes off. Like I posted a video last week on Burner Boy's uh, that top of the world song, how I said I didn't like it. And I got like 40 comments, like you don't know Burna, you don't know like a bunch of stuff that ended up pushing the video and it did pretty well. And so I think I'm just saying, like, for us to know, like, these are things that push on those platforms, the really divisive topics. But on YouTube, like, we'll, like the longer-winded stuff that we talk about, I think eventually, just over time, that's going to end up giving us a lot of growth as well.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think at the end of the, day, the end of the day, with this, sorry, authenticity is always going to shine through. Like, that's what yeah. I've been trying to really hammering on with like my clothing brand that I'm starting like I feel like one thing I don't like about what I see on TikTok when it comes to clothing brand is the whole AI voice thing like I feel like it's just so cookie cutter cheater when it comes to like making clothing and making that your way of marketing it works but I feel like I don't know how it works because it's like you're all being the you're almost making this one guy who started it bigger just because of the fact that everybody else is using it and now everybody else is talking about where'd you get that from oh he's copying this guy like it's at the end of the day the authenticity of it shines through and that's why the first dude is the one who's the biggest off of using it because he was the first person to come up with this and then he yeah. found his own way to market it and use it and now everybody else is trying to copy it and do it and that's why every you see so many people doing it and it's not the same it's not working the same it's not blowing up as fast as his did cuz as soon as he did it like he was showing for a while what he was doing but when he really dropped it like that it just went up because it was yeah. you saw his authenticity of what he wanted to do with his brand shine through everybody else just hopped on the wave of it and that's why it didn't work
0: yeah on uh when we get off of here I got to talk to you about that because I have been like playing around with those the scripts and stuff and i got a plan of okay. some stuff i want to do and help you out with that but yeah. yeah bro authenticity is really it you know what i mean i think um uh, the more we can and this is something that i think where i and even you but i think particularly like the the really niche people the people that appear niche to us here that aren't niche in other places mm-hmm. like stone boy is one of the biggest artists in ghana you know what i'm saying and so like for that for here people are like yo i don't know who that is so we're putting people on but then we're also tapping into markets like that like that's gonna be like that's an advantage we have you know what i mean i i'm finding people like that almost every day and i think it's just like we said it's just a matter of time and just staying true to like what we actually like i think um initially when we started on here and i was looking for topics it's like look in the news what's happening and then talk about it it's more I guess more. What am I interested in talking about? What are you interested in talking about? Which is why I want you to add topics in there when you see them too, because those are the stuff we can talk about for the longest. Um, and when we like what we're doing now, like getting it to the end of the episode, like, bro, if you look at the retention on these YouTube videos, I don't know if anybody's even got this far. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if anybody's gotten this, like maybe Auntie, but I don't know if anybody's gotten this far in any of the videos yet. I think on, the actual audio ones, I think people have gotten a lot further. But video, I don't think that many people have gotten through that far. And we'll have to see. We'll have to see because I've seen a lot of people doing like the intros to pods and stuff like that, and I wonder if that helps with retention. But um, yeah, that's why I'm not really tweaking over what we're talking about now because it's like the only people that are going to hear this, it's going to be like like I went back and watched uh, Shits and Gigs, their first, second, and third episodes. Like, a month or two ago. And, bro, they were so... Like, compared to what they're doing now, they were so bad. They were so bad. Like, bro, they were sitting on a couch like this with their feet up, like, no socks (laughs) on. Like, talking about, like, bro, there's this chick. I went to her house, and I was like, it was just a late night. You know what I'm saying? I was about to fuck her, bro. Like, they was talking crazy. (laughs) And I was like, I was like, bro, and some and one of it was so funny because one of their clips from their older episodes resurfaced. And you know, when those people get to talking about like they get misogynist or they get colorist or whatever, like they'll say some yeah. shit. Like he said some shit that was taken out of context, but it sounded crazy. And I'm like, yo, like if they can start here and get to where they're at, bro, like we can play around and figure it out, bro. Like we're not, and that's that's another advantage we have, bro. Like, we're not talking about the salacious shit. I hate talking about that, bro. Like yeah. the one video I made on that, like the I made a Stefan Don video last year when last last came out, and I thought it was a funny like little quote. But when I go back and watch that, bro, I cringe because I'm like, bro, I don't like talking about people with business like that, bro. Like, is it a slap or nah? That's all I really yeah. care about.
1: Yeah, I mean, even, like, Market Mondays and Earn Your Leisure, like, if you go look at, especially Earn Your Leisure, like, when they first started, their production was horrible, like, and their cameras were horrible. But if you look at right now, like, they have really good production, really good cameras, they have really good quality, and that's just from literally trial and error. Like, um, Troy says that all the time. He says, literally, we started off with some phones and tried to make it work, like, yeah yeah bro you just got to do it
0: yeah i think i i, I understand this is going to take a long time but i'm also thinking like yo, where can where can we inject money into this to like get growth and i'm just like i talked to dj i, I don't know if i told you this but i talked to dj nate about getting a venue out here and he mm-hmm. says he's basically essentially any venue that would allow because you know certain venues out here are in and every. State are racist like they don't want black people at them but he said essentially any venue in Jacksonville that allows black people to throw parties and events he's worked with over the last three or four years and if I need to get into one he says at this point they all hit him because they know he'll fill the venue up and so he was like yo if you need a venue just hit me and I'll get it to you so I'm like okay I not I'm not gonna have real problems finding a venue now it's like marketing it and finding people you know what I'm DJ. saying like I found a DJ. I found a, a um there's this girl out here DJ Super Soca. Um she's dope, bro. And she, she it's crazy because I've been looking for somebody out here that can cuz I I want to do some West Indian stuff. I want to do American stuff. I want it to be like a mix. You know what I'm saying? I don't want it to just be like super heavy one way because mm-hmm. that's like that that's the the brand is supposed to be not that. It's supposed to be black music, you know what I'm saying? It's supposed to make it work. And she came in at one of DJ Nate's events and she did a um, she did a I'm My piano set, bro. It was like 15 minutes. And I was in that bitch lit. And then she switched it up and threw like I think she threw like a note. I think she put on uh that must be the money. Like she did something crazy where it was like she showed her range in like 20 minutes. And I was like, oh, okay, like this is somebody. And she only had a thousand followers on Instagram. She followed me back. So I'm like, okay, cool. I got a couple of DJs I can reach, So now I got DJ potential venue. Now I just need to figure out how I'm going to market it, what I'm going to call it, where I'm going to get people at and then how I'm going to pay for it. And we're good. But yeah, bro, this, I, I like, I like towards the end of the episodes talking about like where we're trying to go with it. Cause I feel like it helps focus us in a way. Yeah. Um, I think it helps like really just bring us back to like, okay, this is what we're trying to do. I think that's important to talk about, but, um, On a completely separate topic, bro. I haven't, like, unless I was forced to not smoke, I haven't not smoked for more than, like, a day in probably, like, two years, bro. Real shit. And I'm going on, like, day three now of no smoking. And I feel great. I want to smoke. Yesterday was so bad, bro. I feel like a crackhead. I ain't even going to lie. (laughs) I feel like, bro, I was, I felt like, and it didn't feel like withdrawal, but just this anxiety of like, I just had so much energy where I was like, I didn't know what to do with it. And then it just sort of went away. And now I'm kind of chilling. And I feel like I'm just, I'm just sharper. I'm just clearer. You know what I'm saying? Like when I was setting everything up, I was just more attentive. Like, I feel like this is the angle I should be at every time. You know what I'm saying? Like the camera should be set up here. You know, the light should be here. I feel like I was just more clear with what I was saying today. And I feel like I don't know. I just feel like I'm way better with it. And I think um, we'll see how long this lasts. We'll see if it's an on and off thing. But I'm definitely going to like, I'm trying to like kick that that bucket. You know what I'm saying? Like I think it's on some real shit. I think honestly I stopped pooping, it was just like this was it. This was it. It was like this is what I'm doing. And I'm not trying to do that no more. Like I'm really trying to like get out here and get shit done. So
1: yeah, it's fucking working, bro. Yeah, I mean, it- it definitely does help to kick that habit. I will say that. It's a hard one yeah, to bro. kick
0: Alright, let's see if I can. Uh, this is a good episode this week. Let's see if the music works. I doubt it, but we'll try. We'll try, bro. I don't know. It says it's going live. You tell me if you can hear it. We'll give it 5 to 10. If not, you cut this shit out. It's not, it's not working. working. Fuck that, bro. Fuck that, bro. I can sing for y'all if y'all want, but I'm not going to do that. Um, This has been episodes 14, right? Damn, we have 14. Um, This week, I'm really about to start. Like, I'm making a list of everybody I want on the pod, and then I'm going to DM all of them. Um, What's the name? Tweeted me back again. What's the? uh, uh, Joey Atkin. He tweeted me back again. He went on a rant this week about Ghanaian drill music, and I tweeted him. And he tweeted me back. So he's seen me four times at this point, And he's interacted with me multiple times. So when I hit him again, maybe he'll come on the pod, bro. We need you. Please come on here. You know what I'm saying? Um, I'm just shouting people out at this point. But this week, I'm hitting everybody. So if you get a DM from me and you make it to the end of this episode, you know why. You know what I'm saying? But this has been episode 14 of the Rhythm and Rhymes podcast. Antonio, do you have anything to leave our audience with?
1: Stay consistent. Stay at it.
0: Let's go. We'll see y'all later.